Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome into the Jazz Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Anderson. Find me on Twitter at Ben's Hoops. Read me at kslsports.com. Uh, find us on Twitter at KSL Sports, Facebook at KSL Sports, Instagram at KSL Sports, and download the KSL Sports app. That's the easiest way to do it. Uh, just open your app store, search KSL Sports, you'll find it, download it. You get all my podcasts, all my stories on the jazz, all my coverage, all of our coverage in total about you know BYU, Utah, golf, the NFL, Major League Baseball, whatever you're looking for, we've got you covered. So download the KSL Sports app. Big podcast today, five Major questions for the Utah Jazz ahead of their playoff run if they try and make the NBA Finals, if that's the goal. I think these are the five questions the Jazz are going to have to answer. Uh, And I'll tell you what the five are really quick, and then I will address them in detail one by one. Uh, First of all, who are they going to play? That's the big question for the Jazz. That's the most obvious one. We'll know by Friday. Second, when is Donovan Mitchell going to return? I think we got some good news on that yesterday. What are the Jazz going to get from Boyan Bogdanovich? I think that's a sneaky big question for the team. How good is home court advantage for the Jazz? That's number four. And then number five, what to expect of Joe Ingles. So let's start with who they're going to play and kind of talk you through the play-in tournament again. I think you're familiar with the teams, but just a refresher, it's the first time the NBA's ever done it, so it it might be a little bit confusing. First of all, the 7th through 10th seeds in the West uh, are in this four-team play-in tournament. The 7th seeded Lakers are going to host the 8th seeded Golden State Warriors on Wednesday night. The winner of that game gets the 7th seed and will play the Phoenix Suns in the opening round. Then, later Wednesday night, the 9th seeded Memphis Grizzlies are going to host the 10th seeded San Antonio Spurs. The winner of that game advances to Friday night to play the loser between the Lakers and the Warriors. So, whoever wins that game ends up facing the Jazz in the first round of the playoffs. Let me give you a quick breakdown on what basketball reference, who I've used a ton over the last couple of weeks when I've been doing my uh, daily article about what each game means and playoff probabilities and where the Jazz are going to land. I've used them a ton. This is how they project the uh, playing tournament uh, playing out uh, over the final couple of games of the season here. They said the Lakers have a 54.6% chance of earning the 7th seed, a 26.4% chance of earning the 8th seed, and a 19% chance of falling out of the playoffs completely. The whole Western Conference is rooting 
for the Lakers to fall in that 19% and not make the playoffs. I think that's a long shot. The Warriors have a 45.4% chance of climbing into the 7th seed, a 28.7% chance of remaining in the 8th seed, and a 25.9% chance of missing the playoffs altogether. I think that's something the Jazz would also like. You would love to avoid the Warriors altogether because that means you're probably facing... Uh, the Grizzlies or the Spurs in the playoffs. Speaking of the Grizzlies and Spurs, they've got about a 35% chance of climbing into the eighth seed. Again, the Jazz would love that. Jazz would love to see one of those two teams who they swept a perfect 6-0 and this season uh, in the regular season in the playoffs, especially because those teams are young, inexperienced, don't have superstars on the roster. It would just be a, a huge boost to the Jazz odds of making a deep run in the playoffs. So that's the play-in tournament. That's the big question. Who are Jazz fans rooting for? This would be my guess. Wednesday night, I think you want the Lakers to win and beat the Warriors and avoid the eight seed altogether. You just don't want to play LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the playoffs. They won the finals last year. Every fan of an Eastern Conference team will tell you, avoid LeBron like he's the plague. You can get fooled into thinking you can beat him this year. You can get fooled into thinking he's injured. It's what the Raptors have thought at different times. It's what the Celtics have thought at different times. The Pacers have thought at different times. The Magic have thought. They've even pushed him to seven-game series, and they always lose. LeBron James doesn't lose in the playoffs before the finals. So the longer you can go without having to play him and make other teams have to play him, the better off you're going to be. So I think Wednesday night you're rooting for the Lakers, and then Friday night you're rooting for either the Spurs or the Maverick, or I should say, or the the Grizzlies, whoever advances uh, to play in that eight-seed game on Friday night. If you have to play the Warriors, I actually think the Jazz will probably be okay in that series. I know they lost the season series two games to one, but remember that second game was that weird Sunday morning, day after daylight savings travel game for the Jazz. I think that was wonky. Uh, The last game they lost, which was just last week, also on the road, they didn't have Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, those are enormous pieces for the Jazz, especially when you're talking about going up against Steph Curry and you need to be able to score the ball and the Jazz couldn't. And then you still were up to, with the ball, with 30 seconds left, where the NBA said Jordan Clarkson got fouled on a three-point shot and should have had three free throws to put the Jazz up by five with 30 seconds left and end the game. And you just got a bad call. So I think the Jazz would probably be very okay against the Warriors. I know they've closed the season well. I know Steph's playing at an unbelievable level. They still are like the 20th best offensive team in the NBA, despite Steph playing at this just unimaginably high level on the offensive end. They're just not a great team. They're better defensively than they are offensively. I think the Jazz are fine with that. I think the Jazz can find a way to, to, to outshoot Golden State in a series in advance. You just don't want to play the Lakers. So that's the question of who the Jazz are going to play. We'll have a much better idea. It'll be trimmed down to two teams by Wednesday night, and then by Friday, you know who you're going to play, and you'll have Saturday to prepare for them before assuming you play them on Sunday. I can't imagine the NBA would, uh, would push it off any further than that. Second, When are the Jazz going to get Donovan Mitchell back? We were just talking about him with the uh, loss to the Warriors. This is a question that is somehow, kind of strangely, it feels like gone under the radar because the push so late was about the Jazz and about the Suns and who's going to overtake who. We just haven't been focused as much on the narrative that Donovan Mitchell's out. And and it's a credit to the Jazz because they went 10-6 and over the final 16 games of the regular season without him in the lineup. He hasn't played since April 16th, and the Jazz maintained their spot atop the West. They never gave it back to the Suns full-time. There were two different nights the Suns finished with the top record in the NBA, and the Jazz took it back the next night both times. So, remarkable finish for the Jazz, especially considering not only were they without Mitchell, they were without Mike Conley for, what, eight out of the last 10 games or nine out of the last 11 games of the season. So, they were 
really good down the stretch, and that's uh, really promising for the Jazz, especially if you consider you're adding Donovan Mitchell back if he comes back in the first round of the playoffs. And it sounds to me, based on what Mike Conley said last night, that he's going to be back for game one. This is what Mike had to say. I'll just read it to uh, to you verbatim. He says, we're going to do whatever we can to make it easy on him during the week to get him back in shape and get him back ready to go. I'm sure he'll be as confident and ready as ever. Mike Conley's already talking about the Jazz plan this week is to get Donovan Mitchell back and running in the lineup and ready to go as if that's been the plan all along, as if they knew his ankle wasn't going to get back to 100% by the end of the regular season, or it was close and they said, hey, you want to be healthy as opposed to get a better seed. And if you get both, great. And it just so happens the Jazz got both. So now they get to have a well-rested Donovan Mitchell, uh, who hopefully his ankle's feeling much better. And then you have, you know, today, Monday through Saturday to work him back into running, playing full court, scrimmaging, whatever you have to do to, to feel like he's ready to go. And maybe he can't play 35 or 40 minutes his first night. I think that's probably a lot to ask. But... Can you get 15 to 20 minutes out of him? You know, it's not a hamstring. It's not this type of thing that you're necessarily going to re-injure. You can re-injure ankles, don't get me wrong, uh, but 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 it's not quite like that hamstring where you're going to strain it again and it's going to be, you know, back to square one. That's not totally what's going to be happening, I don't think, with Donovan Mitchell. And I think it's one of the reasons why they've given him so much time off to make sure they're at the smallest possible risk of that happening. So for Mike Conley to say, we're going to do whatever we can to make it easy on him during the week to get him back in shape and get him back ready to go, that sounds to me like the Jazz are planning on having him back. And that's a huge deal because last year, you remember in the playoffs, Donovan Mitchell averaged 36.3 points, which led the NBA, five uh, five rebounds, 4.9 assists, and he shot a staggering 52% from the floor and 51% from the three-point line. He had the 57-point outing in, in game one in the loss, and he had 51 points in the Jazz uh, in one of the Jazz victories. So you need to have him back. He's your best offensive weapon. He's your best scorer. A lot of times games in the fourth quarter just come down to can you get a bucket and can the uh, opposing team not stop you? Donovan Mitchell is the Jazz best bucket getter. They're going to need him to, uh, to get back and, and healthy if they want to make a deep run in the playoffs. So it seems like he's close. If you're reading off of what Mike Conley said, it seems like he's really close and could be available for game one. We will uh, keep you updated throughout the week at kslsports.com. Third question, really big question for the Jazz. Kind of this assumption last year is if the Jazz had Boyan Bogdanovich, they would have beat the Nuggets. I, I think it's probably true. I think that's accurate because, you know, he was the Jazz second best scorer last year. He was having an absolutely incredible season uh, and, and then didn't play in the second half of the year because he had that, that wrist surgery in May after the, the NBA restarted in Orlando. You lost a very close series, seven games after being up 3-1 to Denver. If you have Boyan, I think you're probably pretty confident you win that. You remember, you might sweep the series if you even have Mike Conley, who didn't play the first two games and was out with the birth of his child. So, you know, the Jazz could have been in really good shape uh, if they had either of those players. They didn't have Boyan. But what has Boyan done historically in the playoffs? It's actually a little troubling. Uh, his percentages in 30 postseason appearances are really bad. He's a 40% field goal shooter and 35% from the three-point line. It's not unimaginably bad, but it's really not good considering this is a guy who's considered one of the best shooters in the NBA. Over his last 16 games, without Donovan Mitchell on the floor... To give you reference, Boyan Bogdanovich is shooting 48% from the floor and 41% from three. Again, in 30 playoff appearances, that's 40% from the floor and 35% from three. So, I mean, almost an 8% drop in in both categories, about six from the three-point line. It's a big deal. On top of that, when you get Donovan Mitchell back, 
Boyan's going to lose some of his rhythm. He's missing four shots a game that, that he's getting right now. He's he's uh, shooting about 16 times a game right now. When Donovan Mitchell was in the lineup, it was down about 12. Now, maybe some of that was just because he didn't have that confidence. He didn't have that rhythm. He was passing up shots that he should have been taking or driving to the rim and getting turnovers when he should have been shooting a three or pulling up from 15 feet and he just wasn't confident to do it. And he's gotten much better at doing that over the last 16 games. If you get that super efficient Boyan Bogdanovich, where he's averaging 22.8 points per game uh, in Mitchell's absence, and even if he's just on lower usage at, at 12 field goal attempts a game, you've still got a heck of a player. And, and you've got a guy who the Jazz are desperately going to lean on and rely on in the playoffs to win them some games, and he can do it. But if he goes back to the guy he's been in the playoffs previously, where he shoots 40% from the floor and 35% from the three, those are worse numbers than he had over the first, whatever it was, 58 games of the season when Jazz fans were, you know, pulling their hair out for, for his performance. 56 games of the season where Jazz fans were really frustrated by how poorly Boyan was playing. Those are worse shooting percentages than he had even to begin this year. So it could be really frustrating for Jazz fans if he resor- uh, kind of resorts back to who he used to be. And that could be troubling. To give you some context, and I think it's important, his last two playoff series have come against the Boston Celtics with Jason Tatum, who's a good defensive player and matches up well, super athletic, and LeBron James, who in the playoffs is one of the best defensive players we've ever seen. So he's had tough matchups. Maybe that's all it is. He was on the weird Indiana Pacers team that didn't really have a star score. Their best players were their backcourt, somewhat similar to the Jazz with Victor Oladipo and Darren Collison. But they didn't have a big man who could space the floor or who could, you know, space the floor and put so much pressure on the rim the way Rudy Gobert does that opens everything up for the for the jazz shooters. He should be better used. He's not going to be relied on as heavily in these playoff series as he has in the past. And hopefully that that benefits him. But I think it's a big question. There's just this assumption the Jazz are going to be way better in the playoffs with him. And I think it's probably true, but he hasn't necessarily paid it off in the playoffs in the past. So big question. How does Boyan perform for the Jazz? Number four. How good is home court advantage? How, how, how big of an advantage is that for the Jazz? And this is a big one. Uh, it's why they fought for the number one seed. They've got playoffs not just through the Western Conference. They've got it throughout the entire playoffs. If they make the finals, those finals are going to open in Utah for the first time in league history. Uh, this was shocking to me doing some of this research over the last couple of days. The Jazz have been a good playoff team. I've always thought that that they're one of the better teams in the NBA. They consistently make the playoffs, especially when you look at, you know, how bad Minnesota is and how bad Sacramento is and some of these goofy teams that that just never seem to make the playoffs. The Jazz have been good for a very small market team and they've they've really been good for most of their franchise history. But let's just narrow it down to the last two decades uh, since 2001. The Jazz, including this year, have now made 12 postseason appearances in the last 20 seasons. Uh, including this season, like I mentioned. Only twice in those 12 years, regardless of how deep the the run the Jazz have made, only twice have the Jazz hosted a playoff series. In their last 12 appearances, they've only hosted two playoff series. That's crazy to me. And only one time have they hosted a first-round series. That's that blew my mind when I read it. Honestly, I was I was stunned. And that goes back to 2001 when they lost to the Dallas Mavericks. So that was the end of the John Stockton and Carl Malone era, really, when you realized, hey, they had home court advantage and they couldn't get it done against a young Dirk Nowitzki. And, you know, the tides of the West had changed. So 
The other time the Jazz opened a playoff series on the road was in the second round when they beat the Golden State Warriors four games to one, and that was the Warriors team that was the eighth seed that had knocked off the Dallas Mavericks, who were the one seed because they were just that weirdly bad matchup for Dallas. So the, the Jazz won that. Otherwise, in the last 12 trips to the playoffs for the Jazz, they've had 18 total playoff series. 16 have opened on the road. It's just it's just wild to me that, that they've played that often games one and two away from Salt Lake City and have actually been, you know, kind of somewhat productive in those uh, in those series. They're five and 12 in those series uh, that start on the road, which is, you know, probably better than you'd expect. How good is the home court advantage then for the Jazz if they're just one and one in their last two series that they've hosted in Salt Lake? Uh, let's look at it this way. Even though they've been the underdog, the lower seed in 16 of 18 uh, of their last series, 16 of their last 18 series, the Jazz are actually 22 and 21 in games at home. So let me say that again. In 16 of their last 18 playoff series, the Jazz have started on the road. But in all 18 of those playoff series, the Jazz are still 22 and 21 in Salt Lake City, even when they're the underdog. The Jazz have an above 500 record. First of all, having an above 500 record in the playoffs means you win most playoff games and most playoff series. That's what you do. That means you get really far. Almost everybody has a losing record in the playoffs. Otherwise, you win the championship every season. So the Jazz are really good at home. They win the majority of their playoff games at home, even when they're the underdog, 22 and 21. When they're on the road, they're just 12 and 34. So they lose on the road in the playoffs the way you're supposed to lose on the road in the playoffs. But they're really good at home, even when they're the underdog. In the Jazz last two series that they've hosted at home, even though they're just one and one, they're five and one in those home games. They beat the Dallas Mavericks in the first two games in 2001 before losing game five. And then they won all three games against the Golden State Warriors in 2007 in Salt Lake City. The Jazz this year in the regular season were the best home team. 31 and five at home, the best in the league. Philadelphia 76ers were second. And they got 29 wins at home. Uh, on top of it, the Jazz metrics in Salt Lake City are just crazy this year. Second best offensive rating at home, 117.9. Only the Clippers were better. They were the best defensive team in defensive rating at home at 105.0. And then they were the best net rating team at 12.9. That's the difference between your offensive rating, 117.9, and your defensive rating, what you allow, 105. Uh, so their their net rating was 12.9. That's 3.7 points better than the second rated team, which was the Phoenix Suns, that's an enormous gap. That's as big as the gap between the second seed and the eighth seed. So the Jazz were far and away the best team at home. So if the Jazz play as well as they have historically at home, really good when they host series, open series in Salt Lake City, like I said, five and one in their last six home games, when they've opened the series in Salt Lake City, the Jazz are going to be really, really, really tough to beat for opposing teams coming into Utah. It's just going to be hard to do. And then on top of it, the Jazz were the most dominant team in the NBA this year. They weren't just their typical good self at home. They were way better than most teams. And then on top of it, 13,000 of you Jazz fans are going to be back at Vivian Arena come Sunday and it's just going to be crazy. Uh, You know, there was 6,700 the last time I was there, the Jazz last home game of the season. It was loud. Fans were into it. And now you're going to double that and it's going to be a playoff game, and you're going to be the number one seed, and you're probably going to be playing either LeBron or Steph. I mean, the crowd is going to be insane, and it's going to be the first time the Jazz have had that momentum at their back, and the first time someone's had that wind in their face 
for whoever's coming in to Vivint Arena to play the Jazz. They just have not faced 13,000 fans that are going to be losing their minds come Sunday. So that's going to be a significant advantage on top of how good the Jazz already are. So I, I think it's really big. I think kind of underrated down the stretch while everyone was worried about who the Jazz are going to play. And yes, you don't want to play LeBron. I've talked about it already in this podcast. Maybe the most important thing for the Jazz, if they have true title hopes, is to just be a dominant playoff team, win a bunch here in Salt Lake City, and then be a pretty good playoff team or a pretty pretty good playoff road team. And if you look at the Jazz road record uh, this season, they were actually pretty promising. They were 21 and 15. So significantly above 500, not dominant. They weren't the best road team by any stretch, but they were good and reliable on the road, especially with how good they were at home. So the Jazz... Getting the number one seed might be really, really important for the for, for the team if they want to make a deep run, and if they can just be continual uh, continue to dominate at home the way they did throughout the season, they're going to be a tough out. Okay, fifth question, final question. We're going to wrap this up. What should the Jazz expect from Joe Ingles? Joe Ingles has gotten this late push as the six man of the year favorite. I still think Jordan Clarkson's going to win it. Uh, but Joe Ingles has proved to be one of the most valuable role players in the NBA. He started 30 games for the Jazz this year in his 67 appearances. The Jazz went 22-8 and eight when he started, so they hardly missed a step without Conley or Mitchell, uh, who missed the games that Joe started. He averaged 14.7 points and 5.8 assists in those games. When he came off the bench, he was still really good, averaged 9.9 points a game and 3.9 assists. For the season, wherever he was playing, he shot 49% from the floor and 45% from three. He was just crazy. Really one of the best, if not the best role player uh, in the NBA this season. And if he wins six man, he deserves it. Uh, I think, again, I think Jordan Clarkson's going to get it because he, he got such a huge burst out of the gate. Uh, but regardless, the Jazz are thrilled to have them both. Joe Ingles, though, in the playoffs has not been good the last two trips for the Jazz. And it's a, it's a question mark. It's a big deal. Over his last 12 appearances, uh, remember they lost in seven games last year. They lost in five games at the Houston Rockets the year before that. In the last 12 appearances, Joe Ingles is averaging just eight points a game and 4.8 assists. So kind of his scoring averages, assist numbers aren't way off, but his shooting numbers are insanely low. 37% from the floor, down from 49% this season, and 32% from three, down from 45% this season. Those are huge drops. Those are huge numbers for a guy that that the Jazz just count on to be automatic when he shoots the ball and has these crazy efficient games. The Jazz need Joe Ingles to continue to shoot the ball at a very high level, especially if Boyan Bogdanovich dips back to his kind of lower averages in the playoffs. The Jazz can't lose that from both Joe Ingles and Boyan Bogdanovich and expect to make a deep run in the playoffs, especially because Mike Conley's probably not going to shoot over... 50% 50% from the floor and 50% from three like he did last year in the playoffs. Nor will Donovan Mitchell, who shot better than 50% from the floor and 50% from three in the playoffs. The Jazz are going to need to get hot shooting numbers from other players on the team. And it's going to be Boyan, it's going to be Royce O'Neal, it's going to be Jordan Clarkson, and really it's going to be Joe Ingles, who's going to be so huge in this uh, in this series. So the Jazz need Joe Ingles to shoot better than he has over his last two outings. He's just really been somewhat non-existent in the playoffs. Uh, and they need the guy who showed up against Oklahoma City and shut down Paul George and hit big shots. They need that guy. They can't have the Joe Ingles they've had the last two seasons. He was really tired down the stretch uh, of the uh, of these last 16 games because he's been starting, because he's been playing added minutes. I think these six days off, seven days off are going to be really helpful for him. I think Donovan Mitchell coming in and relieving some of that pressure off him is going to be really good. But he needs to shoot the ball well. Uh, the Jazz are desperate 
for Joe Ingles to have a big playoff series uh, and really an entire playoff run if they want to make the finals. Joe Ingles is going to be a big part of that, but he's got to be the same player he was during the regular season. That's it. That's your five big questions for the Utah Jazz. Find me on Twitter at Ben's Hoops. Read me at kslsports.com. Download the KSL Sports app, and uh, we'll have more podcasts throughout the week as we get you ready for the NBA playoffs. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.